By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to this new mini-series on Italian Wine Podcast. Join Stevie and her Just Do the Work team as they travel to Dusseldorf, Germany to interview some great Italian wine producers. Each producer had submitted one of their wines towards the special Italian trade agency's masterclasses. Each were run by master sommelier Eros Teboni. Join us to get the inside scoop on these fantastic wineries. today uh, with another interview here at the Italian Trade Agency area here in Dusseldorf, Germany. And the masterclass that is going on at the moment is the Bordelais Lens of Italy. And I am here with a very special group of people. Normally I'm only doing the interviews with one person, but we have a fantastic group in this very small podcast booth. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm in the camera, in, in, in view of the camera. I don't it's okay, don't worry, I can hear my We voice. can squeeze it. No, no, together. <laughs> but you know what, instead of me introducing you guys, why don't each one of you please tell me your name, tell me about the wineries, tell me about some family history, uh, tell me, and we'll go into the consortium, we'll talk about the whole thing all together and why Grignolino is important. And... Uh, Please. So let's start okay. this way and we'll go down this yes. way. So I think we are here all together yes. because uh, with the small group, the union makes the strength. Yes. So that's why we are here all together because Grignolino is a, a very special variety. Uh, it uh, comes from Monferrato, Piedmont, of course. And uh, And Asti, uh, of course. Uh, and uh, actually, I say why it's special for me because uh, it's uh, the variety that uh, when I was a kid, uh, my grandfather was bringing me to the vineyards and uh, it was the first wine uh, I probably tasted when I was six with the finger of my grandfather. So in the years, uh, I did many things and when I decided to dedicate my life to the wine production, of course, Green Union was uh, uh, something that represented my history and I hope also my future. Yeah. My name is Lorenzo, I'm from uh, Cascina Faletta. Perfect. Thank you. How, how, go ahead. Please. Hi, my name is Elisabetta Currado, and I am uh, here representing Castello di Gabbiano and uh, representing all the Grignolino producers. Okay. That's why we are all here. Uh, we, Grignolino is a the, the, mm, 900 hectares yes. of land. So it's not a small uh, uh, 
<laughs> part of the uh, wine area in, uh, in Piedmont. It's antique variety. Yes. And uh, we are making Grignolino Monferrato, but uh, uh, the Grignolino is also in the Asti area. And a little bit also, I think, uh, in the Alto Papavese, but very small production. Mostly are these two areas. Um, Castello di Gabbiano is the north of the Monferrato. Uh, we are just before the uh, field of uh, rice, <laughs> so we are on the hillside, the last hill before the flat. Um, so Grignolino is one of uh, our uh, most important wine, and we believe very much on uh, this wine that is arrogant, uh, has a, a lot of potentiality because can be used in many uh, way, for example, like in the aperitif or all um, during the dinner or uh, even uh, after dinner because it's a uh, wine uh, that is, uh, it seems light, but it has a very, very important structure. So I, was, I was reading about Grignolino earlier today, preparing, because I knew I was going to meet you today. The yes. revolutionary team. The revolutionary <laughs> team, yeah, yes. No, but it has an interesting, the reason why it's called Grignolino is because, well, they, there's more than one theory, but it's because it, it, it has like teeth grinding. Di Grignare. Di Grignare. For the tenants. So the bottling is... There are many, many, many different uh, etymological theories. Etymo yeah. etymological okay. uh, I thought that was interesting. This one. What is another yeah. one? Another one is because a lot of, has a lot of seeds. The I, berries. That's right. Inside. Inside. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, and in uh, dialect uh, is, uh, I don't remember now the name, Grignole. 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 Grignolino. And they take it from this. Okay. 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 By the genetic characteristic <laughs> of the berries. But then you don't, you don't put it in oak so much because of the tannins already, right? Actually, if some of us, uh, they put it in oak, yeah. uh, big oak or uh, even uh, small uh, barrels. No, diciamo che il grignolino sta rivedendo un po' la sua storia. Uh, negli ultimi anni si è fatto un passo indietro, per cui si è tornati un po' nella tradizione del Grignolino, prodotto con metodi antichi che era stato praticamente un po' abbandonato per fare dei Grignolini più pronti, più freschi, di pronta beva, per cui i Grignolini classici dannata che sono ottimi vini, però la storicità di questo vitigno, che è una delle varietà più vecchie che abbiamo in Piemonte, Uh, è stata ripresa negli ultimi anni da alcune aziende riproponendo la sua veste più aristocratica cioè, il grignolino era un po' uh, nell'area Monferrato Astigiano il, il vino più pregiato che veniva usato nelle occasioni particolari era il vino di corte, corte Savoia, era il vino preferito da Re Umberto cioè, c'è una, una lunga storia sul grignolino 
Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Negli ultimi anni alcuni produttori hanno riprodotto, riproponendo sul mercato la, la sua veste più storica, per cui producendo dei grignolini importanti che vengono magari anche da vigne più vecchie, da luoghi che danno potenzialità proprio di grandissime uve, riproponendolo nella sua veste più storica e il mercato lo sta capendo ed è una nuova veste del grignolino ma non è nuova ma è solamente un passo verso il passato. Okay, okay. Perfetto, okay. grazie. Okay. Io mi chiamo Raffaella Bologna, Cantina Braida, dal 1961 produciamo grignolino ma proprio per questo credo che Ermanno ha detto, detto noi abbiamo, abbiamo ripiantato Grignolino in un terreno non classico eh, dedicato più che altro alla Barbera riproponendo Grignolino in una versione di struttura e anche di longevità quindi l'idea del Grignolino Ino, qualcosa da bere giovane e fresco assolutamente non ci appartiene più noi gareggiamo con chi ama un pino nero, con chi ama un nebbiolo, eh, questo è il nostro consumatore, quello che dovrebbe avere la curiosità di assaggiare il grignolino. Il grignolino di oggi, il grignolino contemporaneo che guarda al passato ma con una visione anche fresca, eh, quindi piacevole. No, guarda! Ok! Buongiorno! Buongiorno. Massimo Rosolenne, la cantina Unipercunca di Milano Monferrato. Eh, siamo una, un'azienda di fattori giovane, festeggiata pochissimo sul territorio. Fin da subito mi sono innamorato di, di questo, questo vitigno che è davvero fantastico e, e unico, e soprattutto si può bere solo nel nostro, nel nostro territorio. Eh, tanto è vero che noi l'abbiamo anche spumatizzato, quindi facendo uno charmat. Di, solo di, di grignolino, questo per tutto dare maggiore importanza a questo vitigno che è questo Abbiamo fatto anche, anche noi, io sono Emanuela Novello della cantina Predio Magno di Grana Monferrato, anche noi abbiamo preso a cuore questo vitigno, l'abbiamo ereditato come vigneto quando abbiamo acquistato, l'abbiamo acquistato già diciamo, eh, abbastanza antico, aveva, mh, aveva qualche anno. E, però l'abbiamo preso a cuore perché, come si diceva, oltre a, ad avere una una versatilità eh, particolare eh, per quanto riguarda anche l'accoppiamento con il cibo eh, io noto nei clienti stranieri un interesse sempre maggiore su questo vitigno me lo chiedono me lo chiedono come vitigno autoctono perché c'è questo interesse verso questi vitigni un po' Distrattati, che hanno iniziato bene la loro carriera, poi sono stati dimenticati sì, sì. e, 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 eh, <ride> e sono stati dimenticati come si vede, ma è normale. Eh, spetta anche a noi dare una, una giusta attenzione, eh, attenzione a, a questi sì. vitigni, perché è per perdere 
queste, questi vitigni e perdere un po' della nostra storia, alla quale dovremmo essere molto più attaccati perché sono le nostre radici. Eh, si, per, ecco, prima ricordavano la storicità, l'apprezzamento che alcuni ehm, avevano ne, notissimi e, e, e diciamo aulici avessero nei confronti dei grignoli. C'era un Calvi di Montemagno dove, eh, dove io ne ho che diceva che il padre diceva sempre che non c'era un vino più buono del grignolino. Perché parte... Però posso dirti lo sponsor più grande che Grignolino ha è Papa Francesco. Lui quando è arrivato in Italia come nostro Papa gli è stato chiesto qual è il tuo vino e lui ha detto il Grignolino. Quindi miglior sponsor di lui non c'è nessuno. Si è arrivato qui in visita e abbia bevuto il Grignolino. Il ricordo di origine his family is from Porta Comaro, which is the, one of the villages of the Grignolino. So he grew up having Bagna Cauda and Grignolino. And when he recently returned to Asti in a visit of the family and the churches, uh, he asked, may I Bagna Cauda and Grignolino? Wow, oh my God, okay, that's so cool. that's cool. Okay, and Very quick ending. Yes, in English? Yeah, I'm gonna do it in English. So, yeah, we're a winery in Monferrato as well, in Rosignano Monferrato. And Castello di Uviglie is one of the most historic ones in the area. And my name is Francesca Gonzano, and I'm part of the family that owns the winery today. For us, Grignolino is the simple, simple version of it, so the fresh one and the more, um, let's say, uh, easy one in a sense. So, Uh, this one is only stainless steel, so uh, for us Grignolino is uh, also this kind of interpretation of the wine, so a very easygoing one, very fresh, uh, very direct, let's say, so, and the consumer, we noticed the consumer really love it because uh, they're starting to get back their interest in different grapes than Parabiera uh, Nebbiolo, so um, it's starting to, to get, you know, like a spotlight on it. So. Okay, no, that's great. And uh, you guys are clearly... Come together as a group to really push this this grape, and, and we're in Germany, and so do you do you all export to yeah. Germany? Yeah, no. I arrived in Texas. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So my question then, if if you would, if, if each of you could go anywhere with your Grignolino wines, which market? More to the sommelier. To the restaurant. And uh, I, think, I think the US is the most interest right now because I feel like the consumer is way more attracted by whatever is new in, uh, in Piemont. Well, I was well, also in California. I think it's a question of country. No. I think it's a question of taste of the people. And it's a, um, we are looking to market, bright market, then just don't look at the main. Uh, classic uh, brands right. and uh, varieties and curious, so intelligent people, then they, they try to, to look, find new and uh, antique, um, autochthon varieties. Right. And we are ready for. 
So, so would you say, we are ready to pour. Would you say that your wines are like, when you market your wines, do you market them to people that are like, yeah, what you just said, like, it's very niche, you know, like, it's specifically, is it for the wine lovers who know a lot about wine or just anybody? Like, it, it, you said that the restaurants, like, Actually, at the moment, worldwide, my, my clientele is more a sommelier uh, in, and is more dedicated to the restaurant uh-huh. instead of uh, a wine store. Because in the wine store, there is yeah. a generic yeah. public. So to, to have a priority in Grignolino, where I, when I visited California in 1989, it was a winery, Heights, producing Grignolino. That's true. And Grignolino, think pink, it's chic. That was the um, uh, late motive of it's chic drinking uh-huh. Grignolino. But I also because I believe it needs a story behind. Like you need to uh, at least take ten minutes to tell about Grignolino. I'll get you some glasses. Uh, there, there is a, a way to say um, Grignolino is uh, uh, the more red from. Uh, uh, white wine and the, the more white from red white ah. red wine okay cool. yes. I know I'm actually it's really interesting because each of you have like such a different uh, story I guess story like the background but it's like you're all very very passionate and this is just a, a little group uh, because uh, recently um, a week ago the last weekend how many producers of Grignolino? 140 producers of Grignolino were reunited together getting together to share uh, yeah there is the expression of Grignolino all the varieties autochthone are important and we are antique. Uh, we hope that you are going to be our ambassador. Of course. And every time <laughs> you sure. have a chance of speaking. No, the point is that also we have to enter with the Grignolino in the Villa Academy. Okay. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cheat cheat.